Welcome to the Coaching Edge podcast. I'm your host, Wendy McCallum, a seasoned and successful life coach. Every other Monday, I share my hard-earned wisdom from well over a decade of coaching, so you can avoid the mistakes I've made. I provide practical and inspiring bite-sized strategies, coach stories, and thought-provoking conversations with industry experts about the business of coaching. If you're craving the freedom and joy that comes from building a profitable and fulfilling coaching practice, you're in the right place. Now let's get down to business. Hello there. Welcome back to the Coaching Edge. If you're listening to this podcast when it drops, it is January. So welcome to 2024. I wanted to talk today about a topic that I think is probably really timely for most coaches, which is content creation sort of do's and don'ts. So we're going to talk about some of the things that are really important to avoid when you are creating content for programs, whether it's for a membership, a live group program, or for a self-guided program on your website, or even for resources that you're uploading to your website for your one-on-one coaching clients to access. There are some really good guidelines around this that uh, a lot of coaches just don't think about. And I know that for several years, I didn't think about this. And this is something that I figured out through trial and error, but it's now like, honest to goodness, something that I probably say every week in the BBB, which is my business building bootcamp to the coaches that I support in there. Um, and it is around the idea of making sure that whatever content you're creating is as multi-purpose and flexible as possible. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we get into that, just a couple of things about content creation. I know it's January. A lot of coaches are creating content this month. You might be launching something new. You might be thinking and getting excited about what you're going to offer in this new year of coaching. All of that's amazing. Hopefully you can take what you learned from today and incorporate incorporate it into the content creation that you are currently doing or that you are planning on doing. The thing I wanted to spend just a couple minutes on before I get into like the don'ts around all of this is this thing that I see happening all the time with coaches. And it's definitely a trap that I have fallen into, but it's something that I had to get over and I had to get over it fast because it was leading to basically a state of paralysis for me, which was impacting my bottom line. It was making it really hard for me to make money. And that was this whole idea that it needs to be perfect before I put it out there. So this, I could do a whole podcast episode on, but I just want to touch on this because if you are in the process of creating some new content for this new year, um, this may be something that is holding you back. It's taking, it's making it, um, It's making it harder for you to finalize content and it's uh, delaying the start or launch time of your program, which means it's delaying the start time of your profit. So this is the whole adage of like, uh, you know, something is better than nothing. (laughs) Perfection like uh, is the enemy of good. Um, And basically that if you have this perfectionist attitude around the content that you're trying to create, that you are going to get stuck in motion and not be actually taking very much action. So I see this a lot in the boot camp. I see a lot of coaches, especially newer coaches trying to create content for the first time and they're re-recording videos like a hundred times. Um because, you know, oh in that video this hair was out of place or in that video they misspoke or they said um a couple of times or, you know, they didn't they forgot to say this one little thing. I always say to my coaches, five times max for recording. 
So, um, and, and that really is like a stretch as you get better and better at this, you will find that like, you can reduce that to maybe three times max that you give yourself for re-recording content. I never record things more than three times. Um, I will just choose the best of the three. If I get to three and I'm like, not feeling like one of them is one that I like totally nailed it in. Um, and the reason for that is that first of a couple of things, first of all, you're never going to get it done perfectly ever. Second of all, people don't expect perfect in video and audio content. Like the standards have shifted over the course of the last five years around this. I'm convinced of it. And I think it's because of social media. People are accustomed to live, to live posts, um, to live content, which obviously is not going to be perfect because it's not scripted and uh, everything is just a little bit more casual. So I think there's a lot more forgiveness around this. Um, than maybe there was 10 or 15 years ago. The other piece of this though, is that when you're not perfect, you are real and it's your realness that helps to build that like, no trust. So if you're trying to show up perfectly, you're probably going to show up as sort of a stilted, uh, uh, frozen version of yourself, which is not going to help you create any real relationship with the people who are digesting the and viewing the content. So I actually really encourage you to just embrace the imperfections in the content because that's all the stuff. If you have a little sneeze, you know, or your cat walks across the desk, those are the types of moments that can actually add a little levity to a video, uh, to a video lesson, for example, or to um, a post and can actually create that feeling with of sort of um, resonance with your audience where they're like, oh, that happens to her too. Or, oh, look at that. She's not perfect. So that that's the other thing to remember around all of this. The last thing, and this is the thing that I think is the most important to remember, because for me, the reason why I'm dissatisfied with a piece of content most often that I've created is because I forgot to say something. So I'll get to the end of it and I'll think, oh, it said everything I wanted to say, except this little thing. And when that happens, it, I'm I'm drawn to re-record it. Like I, I'm pulled to re-record it. I want to just get everything in. But what I remind myself all the time and I want to remind you of is that nobody knows what you didn't say. And this is actually really helpful as a bit of a mantra around live content and recording content for programs. Nobody knows the little thing you didn't say. If you are putting this piece of content up as part of a lesson, you can add the extra bit in the copy that goes with the video lesson, for example. So if you're uploading this as part of a course on like a platform like Kajabi, for example, you can, you know, there's a space there for a text version of the lesson and you can add whatever the little point is that you didn't include in the video lesson underneath. Um, but you can also just not include it, you know, unless it's the critical thing which probably you didn't forget. You probably didn't forget the critical thing. But unless it's the critical thing, then you you don't even need to mention it because nobody knows that you meant to mention it. They're not going to notice it's missing. Um, so those are the, the few little points that I wanted to just throw out around creating new content as a course creator or program creator uh, coach. Now I want to talk about the mistakes that people make that I hope I can prevent you from making that will make your content really difficult to repurpose, um, which is a key piece of an efficient coaching practice and business. It's to always be thinking when you create content that that content might be used somewhere else. So here are the things that people do that keep them, uh, that set them up for a situation where they can't easily repurpose the content. Number one, 
people reference the name of the program in the video or audio content. So you start your video off with, welcome to the 2024 Drink Less Challenge, right? If you say that at the beginning of your video, now you have something that is branded this video as part of a particular program. Now, yes, you might be able to edit that out if you wanted to use that particular piece of content somewhere else down the line, but that is often much harder than you think it's going to be to just edit out a little mention of the program. Also, I find that if people do this once, they do it twice. So you might also get into the habit of doing that. Find yourself mentioning the January 2024 Drink Less Challenge at some point in the middle of your video, right? So don't reference anything to do with the program or the brand that the content is being created for. The second mistake that people make is that they number the video somehow. So they provide, there's like a number associated with it. And it might be the lesson number. So it might be, you know, um, so for le lesson three of this video, we're going to talk about X, right? Um, that will um, make it really difficult to repurpose that in another in another course. But it also means that if you want to reorder your lessons after you've recorded all this content, because you think to yourself, ooh, this would flow a lot better and make more sense if this lesson became, became before that lesson, that that's really, really challenging to do because now you've got the number of the lesson in there. People also do this with days. So they might say, you know, day one or day two or day three of the, of the challenge or the program. Um, and sometimes they actually reference like days of the week, right? So it might be happy Wednesday or something like that. So you just want to stay away from anything that actually, that, that adds, uh, uh, adds like a date or a number to this lesson that, that makes it difficult for you to repurpose that content later. The other mistake that people make that is connected to this is that they refer to other lessons. So, and I've done this a million times and it is such a pain when I realize I've done this because it makes it really impossible to repurpose the content. If I've said somewhere in the video, remember how yesterday we talked about X or, you know, when I did the video on such and such, I told you that X, right? Now I've got another video that's somehow connected to this video that the that the person who's watching it needs to understand this video, right? So you, you want to stay away from referencing other pieces of content. The goal is to make this standalone. So something that you can literally take and you can plunk it into another program down the line, or you can use it elsewhere on a blog, for example, on your website, or as part of social media post, or um, you know some other program that you do down the line, you can take this and use it in a variety of different ways, because the better you get at creating content that is multi-purpose, the less content you need to create. And content creation takes a lot of time. So stay away from dates, stay away from program names, stay away from days of the days of the week or lesson numbers, and stay away from uh, referencing other lessons in the program because all of those things will get you get you stuck. Um, the other thing, and this is just really little, but I've seen it happen where coaches have made the mistake of putting something in the background that makes it difficult to repurpose. So for example, you might think, oh, I've got this really great, cute name for my program and I'm gonna put that logo in the background of all my videos on the wall. Or, um, oh, this is, a, this is a Christmas thing, so I'm gonna wear this Santa hat. Um, and these are obviously extreme examples, but it happens. And then you're stuck with content that only works in the month of December, right? Because you wore the Christmas hat or um, that only works with this program because the, the course name is right behind you. So 
little things I know, but honestly, I have made all of these mistakes and it has led to me being really frustrated down the line because I couldn't reuse easily a piece of content. Now what I've done is I've gotten into the habit of making sure that whatever content I create is really flexible. Um, and I do that by following those guidelines that I just um, set out for you. So I think that's that's the first thing I want to talk about this. The second thing here around creating content that's a really helpful little trick is when you're saving your content, which you should do. So you want to have all of your videos that you create as a coach somewhere together. Obviously, you can organize them by subfiles based on topics or, or programs or whatever, but you want to have all your video videos in a place where it's easily searchable. It's only going to be easily searchable, though, if you save that content, if it's video or audio content, if you save it using a name, a file name that actually references the subject of the video. So when you're saving this stuff, don't save it as day one of, you know, finding freedom or um, as, um, you know, lesson one or whatever, or the, with the date that you recorded the video, save it as, for example, willpower right? Now, when you go and you're like, oh, I know I did a video on willpower. That's great that I could use in this course that I'm creating right now. You can just search for willpower in that, in that file folder. And you will find that video a whole lot easier than if you saved it as like lesson four of the finding freedom programs. Now you got to go watch all the videos to try to figure out which one's which. So that is also a really great little, um, uh, I think tip around creating content is to make sure that when you're storing it somewhere separately, because of course it'll be uploaded to whatever platform it, you're using to disseminate it, but you also want to keep it somewhere so that it's easy for you to go and grab it so that you can create down the road, a new program where you have um, maybe some new content, but also some of this pre-recorded content that fits perfectly with whatever it is that you're trying to address with this particular program. Um, okay. So, how can you reuse this content? What are all the ways that you can reuse content? Well, I've talked and or uh, intimated uh, many different ways. The, the first way, and I think the biggest way that you might repurpose content is in other courses. So you might take this content down the line and use it to create a new course. You might take the course that you have right now, which maybe is a, co a course that has like a live coaching component to it. And you might decide to offer it between the times when you're able to coach it live, you might want to offer it as a standalone self-guided program without live coaching. Again, you got to be careful what you say in the videos. Cause if you say, if you have any questions on this, just ask me that in our live coaching session this week, then you have branded that content as content that goes with a live coaching program. And it's hard to convert it into a standalone program. So just all little things to be thinking about. And again, I have made every one of these mistakes, which is why I'm on here. And that's the whole point of this Coaching Edge podcast is to help you avoid the mistakes that I've made so that you can get where I am faster, right? So um, you can take this pre-existing content and you can use it to create other programs down the line. You can take the course that you have and convert it from a coached course into a self-guided course without coaching. But you can also use this content for social media purposes, or you can add it, to, upload it to your blog. This is a great way to get a reg, to have regular blog posts. Video posts are great on blogs. Um, and so you can take this content and you can upload it on your blog and you can add some SEO search terms and tags, and then it can help you to, to get, you know, better organic traffic on your website over time as you, as you continually add to that blog. So why reinvent the wheel guys? 
start creating content that is easily flexible, easily repurposed so that you can use it in other places. Social media is another great way to use this content. Sometimes you might be creating really short video content. I really, I recommend that. So whenever you're creating course content, try to make it as brief as possible. People do not have attention spans for 45 minute videos. They're not interested in that. You're much better off to give your content to dole it out in bite-sized portions. That's why this podcast never goes over a half an hour. <laughs> it's for this exact reason. It's because people are busy and they don't have time for that. And also their expectations have shifted with social media. People are less likely to set aside the time to sit down and watch a really long lesson. So keep your content short. That's a good guideline. If you keep it short enough, you might actually be able to repurpose it directly to social media if you haven't done made any of those mistakes in terms of branding it to the program, right? Or you might want to take a longer piece of video content that you've created and upload it to one of these amazing new platforms that will take a longer piece of content and create shorter form content from it that you can then use on social media. So there are a bunch of different platforms out there that do that. Kajabi actually has a creator studio that they're, they're still, I think, in beta on that at the time of the recording of this podcast. But at some point that will be live for everybody who uses Kajabi. That allows you to upload a longer video and it will create a bunch of shorter video clips from it. Um, you can also use Descript. You can use Get Munch. Um, oh my gosh, so many different AI tools now that help with this. But again, it's a whole lot easier and more efficient if the original piece of content is really clean and stands alone, right? So how do you start a piece of content if you're not going to be referencing the date of the program or the lesson number um, or what you talked about yesterday? You want to start it always with a strong statement of subject or a hook around the subject. So what do I mean by that? Let's say you're going to do a video on willpower for your program. You want to start it with, let's talk about willpower, right? And the reason for that is that if you do repurpose that somewhere else, like on social media or on a blog, you are immediately telling people what the video is about to pique their interest. If it's getting uploaded to a course, there are probably going to be other clues around the video that tell people what the video is about, right? Like the title and um, the description underneath it, maybe the lesson or the worksheet that goes with it. So people are going to be clear that today's lesson is about willpower. But if you want the content to be multi-purpose, then you want to start it with a clear statement about uh, as to what you're going to be talking about. So today I'm talking about willpower or let's talk about willpower. You could also use a hook which is really just a more interesting way to introduce the topic that piques people's interest. So it might be like something like, ever wonder why it's so easy to go to the gym in the morning, but it's like pulling teeth to get there at night? The answer is willpower, right? So again, just sort of setting that up with something that's a little more interesting premise that might pique people's interest so they keep listening to it. Um, okay, I feel like I've jammed this through this podcast episode with tips around content creation, um, specifically around creating content that is actually multi-purpose, which if you're in the process of creating a program right now, you may already be doing, which is great. If you're not doing it, start from this moment on. You don't need to go back and re-record the content you've already recorded that doesn't do that. Just from this moment on, start doing it. Always down the road, if there's time, you can go back and re-record these things so that they're not um, specific to the program or a day. Uh, but if you haven't done that yet, that's okay. This is a learning curve. Just adopt this as your new strategy and goal going forward whenever you create new content. And I promise you, this is going to serve you. 
Okay. Have a great week, uh, two weeks, I guess. And I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks with another episode of The Coaching Edge. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. I hope you're coming away with renewed energy and some creative inspiration for your coaching business. If you're looking for more business support and community with like-minded coaches, please follow me on Instagram at Wendy McCallum Coach and check out my popular BBB membership for coaches at wendymccallum.com forward slash BBB. And if you love what you heard today, please leave a rating and a review to let other coaches know that this is a podcast worth listening to. Thanks in advance. I really appreciate you and I'll see you next time.